Video Junkyard Podcast. Hello and welcome to uh, a special episode of Video uh, Junkyard Podcast. Um, we're going to actually do a discussion about the Martin Scorsese comments uh, and Marvel. Uh, cleverly titled Mar- Scorsese versus Marvel. I uh, throw a graphic that shows you know Martin Scorsese's face over. Batman or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, with me uh, on our on our panel is it a panel? No. Anyways, sure uh, it is. <laughs> discussing our topic tonight is with me uh, my good friends and co-host Eric and Joe. Eric, hey. Joe, how are you guys hey. doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for um, yeah putting this all together for us, Ryan. This should be a interesting conversation. Did we, did we decide? Are we going to call this? Um, a certain this this type of episode i know we're, we're big on like naming our specials here on the video junkyard podcast and did we decide on this one i know we threw around the idea of this being called a trash talk episode um, yeah but <laughs> I, <don't like> that. <laughs> well, I feel like this is this should be uh dare i say a little higher brow than a trash talk but you know it can go into trash talk territory well, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, for what we're going to be doing with, with an episode like this, too, is, is kind of something a little more topical, since we usually do reviews of movies that are, you know, 20, 30 years old, doing something yeah, that's I mean, a little bit more topical with what's going on in the film industry. Not even the film industry, but just kind of more in pop culture, I guess. Pop culture, film industry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, gonna... it definitely, this is definitely more current. So, guess what? We're, we're do what parents should do, is we're named the beast after we find out its nature. How about that? Okay. That works. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Um, so stay tuned for so, that when you you'll see a title of this when it comes out. So I mean, <laughs> or it might just be a running a continuous running gag. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see what you guys think. Um, but like I said, this this is Scorsese v Marvel, and uh, if you guys the, don't the know, that nobody, uh, won. nobody won. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, everyone won. Everyone lost. Um. If you guys don't already know, it, it's we're focusing on the comments from uh, famous, well-known director uh, Martin Scorsese, who has gone on record uh, to say that he uh, doesn't really care much for the Marvel films. In fact, he says, and I quote, I don't think they're cinema. Uh, I've tried to watch them a few times, and they're not for me. That they seem to be closer to theme parks than they are movies, as I known and loved them throughout my life. Um, and that w- that was in a, I believe a New York's t- New York Times article. Uh, Esquire, was that right, guys? Was, um, Empire magazine. Empire, yeah. And then the. Oh, was that what yeah. it was? Oh, okay, I read a New York Times article, so clearly I'm not the greatest at sourcing things. What this is this is all opinion write, based. So he did write a, um, app, and I know you're going to get into the, the whole controversy. He wrote a response to the controversy that was published in the New York Times. That's the one. That's another one I read. Yeah, that that's what it is. Thank you, mm-hmm. Eric. Mm-hmm. Our, our, just just for that, just for that, you get a gold star. And by gold star, I mean uh, you get to talk first. So so what do you guys? Wait, is that a, that's a that's a reward? No, no, that's yeah. <laughs> yes, it makes it makes my life easier. So it rewards me. Um, not to sound conceited. Uh, so no, like, how do you guys, uh, initial reactions, uh, what do you feel about, about this controversy and his comments? Um, initially my first, my first reaction is it often is when I see something like this is, Oh, there's some crazy clickbait. Like what is, you know, what is this, uh, going to be this tiny, like little quote that they got from him that's been blown into this giant controversy and in a way that's right but there was a little more because he did actually like go into like why he doesn't consider them or not that he just doesn't enjoy them but doesn't actually consider them cinema and even goes further to say that he's not even sure if it's actually art which um kind of sounds like a person that got trapped in his original comment and then kind of like explained himself into trouble and (laughs) um so my initial like response to that uh, whole thing was I, I've been pretty open to the fact that the Marvel movies are not like my biggest cup of tea. I, it's not that I don't that I dislike them in any way. Um, I actually have quite enjoyed uh, a number of them, but it's just not really my fandom. It's not my big thing. Um, some people are like rabidly giant fans of them. I'm I'm not as much, but I can enjoy them and 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 do often enjoy them. Um, 
I think that Martin Scorsese has some of the same, when, when he started explaining, has some of the same feelings about the films that I get from them. Um, but where he <laughs> jumps the shark, in my opinion, is when he starts to like criticize other filmmakers and by saying that it's not cinema, um, it's not art, is, I, I don't know, it just sounds like one of the most pompous things you can possibly get up on your soapbox and say about something it's so so he's starting from a place where i start to see some common ground with him and then takes it like way off into left field into this like major criticism of you know the the artists involved in creating um all of this media so yep all right all right cool uh thank you eric and what about you joe um uh gosh i'm, I'm gonna be kind of the stick in the mud in here and i was really i, I didn't really care <laughs> I was like, uh, Martin <laughs> Scorsese is a, Martin Scorsese is like a, you know, he's he's a very um, well known and well respected filmmaker who's still making really good films, but has has uh, had a tremendous impact on on uh, film over over the last couple of decades, and he's made some classic films. Um, so, well, first of all, I think when I first saw that this was an a thing. My first reaction was, "Why is this a thing?" Kind of like the well, here's clickbait. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't get why it was a controversy because he wasn't. He was voicing an opinion, and he was just he wasn't telling people or boycotting you know the the films. He wasn't saying that they should stop making them. He was just like, "Yeah, you know, I I don't like them." But I don't know. I I still haven't seen or I haven't understood why it's um it's it's ballooned like it has. Thing. And I'm happy to be talking about it tonight, don't get me wrong, because I, I, I find it interesting that this is a thing people are talking about. <laughs> this is, why do you, I didn't get all that, so. I think we're, uh, we're, we'll get deeper into that, because that's what we do. We get in deep, grimy deep, we're yeah, under the fingernails. Elbow deep. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, I get that, there, there's, you can get into it, and we will, I'm happy to do so, but my initial response was, Okay, well, that's his opinion, and kind of like Eric said, you know, I, I've I've seen every one of the Marvel films and I love them, but not getting too upset about the whole thing is, I think I get what he means. Um, to a point like, yeah, when I go see a Marvel film, it's entertaining, it's fun, it's popcorn movie, and I'm having a good time. Is it the same as when I go see something that's more of an independent film or something that is more of what we would call art house cinema? You know, not trying to get on the whole what's art and what isn't, but what is traditionally mm -hmm. called art house cinema. No, it's a very different experience. So, okay, it's different things. But for those that are, like, saying, oh, fuck him, which there's been a lot of that, too, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, he, he's not... There is something different about the Marvel films. And, he's, you know, we can't just say comic book films, because as we've talked about on the show before, there's been comic book movies out for decades, and they didn't do very well. It's something yeah. about this large, shared, building universe thing. And look at how many other film studios are trying to do more than just franchises with sequels. We're not talking about, you know, one or two. It's a series. I'm going to stop you right there, because that is actually going to segue to our next bit. And then uh, it's actually about, like, Marvel movies... They found this formula of success that that produces this money-making machine. It creates these strong, action-packed narratives that you do kind of see what he means by by theme park. They're very theatric, they're, but they're supposed to be. They completely changed the blockbuster. Mm -hmm. But that being said, now that you have these, these money-producing machines, this is what Scorsese ar argues in his, his follow-up. The main problem with these movies is that they have changed the studio's mindsets. They like they just want more movies in that mold instead of taking on more intimate films. And that, that he worries as a filmmaker that they're just going to keep doing the stuff that repeats itself until till it's pretty much dead. And that's that's his main concerns is that mm -hmm. this may result in the death of the the indie industry so i'll have you joe continue uh and what you think about that well i mean again i i for for just somebody's opinions i i think it's uh i think it's kind of funny that that he martin scorsese is going to talk about formulaic films when it's like dude have you ever made a movie where you didn't have gimme shelter from the rolling stones playing in it um 
or or Layla <laughs> from Hell Cream. You know, um, you know, it's kind of like Oliver Stone using the doors in movies. Um, no, I mean, Scorsese films have a very distinct look. They are somewhat formulaic. Um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, another more more shit with, you know, Irish Italians. It's kind of the same gangster type thing in most of his films. Um, but, yeah, I'm sorry, the Marvel films are a theme park. That's exactly what they are. And and to be honest, so was the Harry, so were the Harry Potter films. So is Star Wars. Um, all of these franchises, and some franchises, you know, like they tried doing one with the DCEU, and, and that was like, you know, kind of a shitty theme park. <laughs> um, there might have been a couple of good rides, but overall it was a shitty theme park. Um, okay, so Marvel's been really, really successful, and that's great. And yes, it, but the movies haven't changed anything. The movies haven't changed anything. It's the audiences. If these movies were not a, attracting audiences then they wouldn't be successful, right? They would have stopped after Iron Man 1. Which, by the way, this was all unplanned when they started Iron Man. It was, let's throw in a stinger at the end and see how it goes. Wouldn't it be neat someday to do this? Because at that point, Warner Brothers was already trying to do a big shared universe with DC characters. Marvel started kicking it out, and it started working really well. And that's cool. It, and it did change the film industry. But, of course, why would studios do anything else? These things are raking in a lot of money, and I know I just said I don't really care about that, but, no, that, that's what they care about. They're making a ton of money off of this. This has made careers out of this. And even and uh, I just want to say real quick, even Joe Russo, though, uh, one of the directors of Endgame, he even he notes and agrees that there is still a level of difficulty for him to even get uh, funding for smaller films. Uh, the man who helped direct Endgame even says that he still, despite directing Endgame, has difficulty getting funding for smaller films. Well, yeah, because when you just because when you made a film that grossed well over a billion dollars, and now you want money to make another film that is not going to make anything close to that because it's a small independent film, they don't really care that you're Joe Russo. They're like, oh, you're the guy who made Endgame. Can you make us another Endgame? No, I want to do this really small, intimate project. Well, good luck with that. You know, I mean, <laughs> no, that's, it's a business decision. Um, you know, and, and to be honest, I guess to, just to say the other side, I don't think that the film industry has ever not been this way, but they've never been dealing with a property that is raking in this kind of money. Yeah. How about, I'll, I'll add a little bit to this, and I'm going to go to you, Eric. Because Joe mentioned the the audience wants this to go, and that's something that's actually brought up as well with Scorsese. Because uh, he answered the question similar to, like, uh, people only see Marvel movies because the industry keeps moviegoers juiced on Marvel movies. He's pretty much saying, you know, that the studios are like drug dealers pumping out that sweet, sweet comic book action. But, you know, this kind of adds this whole, is it the chicken or the egg issue? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think, Eric? I mean, it's. I mean, I guess that's a question you. You can't really answer. Well, no, I, I will answer. It's it's obviously the studios, and it's why they exist. I mean, they they found a way to take these formulas and make money. Um, so like. <laughs> you mean there's a marketing department? Yeah, exactly. F funny, huh? You, yeah, they actually make movies to make money, right? No, just. Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, no, I absolutely. I think it's the studios, but that's not like. That's not saying that they're like. I'm not going to put them up on this, like, you know, they're the most evil, you know, terrible thing in the world, and everything should be independent, and there's not a place for, you know, studio, um, you know, major budget cinema. Um, and yes, cinema, I use that word, Martin Scorsese, since you're obviously listening. Um, yeah, I, I think studios were built on this idea that we can hone something into, you know, exactly what our audience wants to see. We can identify our audience, we can pitch it to them, and eventually we can learn enough about our audience that we can start making exactly the movies that are going to get them back into theaters. And I think when Disney tapped into, you know, the shared universe aspect of Marvel, which they tried to apply to Star Wars, which is funny because Marvel seems to be a, a, a beast all onto its own. Joe mentioned Warner Brothers' failure with the DC universe. 
but Disney is dealing with its own giant failure in the Star Wars universe as well. Yeah. And and even uh, its yeah. own Disney universe, it's not doing well. All it's doing is remakes of of <laughs> things they knew were popular, but they're not making right. better versions. But but they're getting those butts in the seats is the thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not sure it has makes a whole lot of difference whether or not it's quote unquote a good film or a, a good, you know. Um, it's because we're obsessed culturally right now with um, being able to not only understand the products we consume when it comes to entertainment, but um, be able to know everything about it and predict things. We don't like to be confused. We don't like to be, and I'm using we very uh, loosely, but mm-hmm. we don't like to be um, left in the dark on anything. We want all we want, you know, we want our trailers to explain the whole movie to us. We want the movie to be exactly what we expect it to be and if it diverges from that in any way a la the last jedi we're gonna have a total fucking meltdown and you know demand that it be removed from the continuity of the universe and this and that um because it's not what we had envisioned when we were you know going to sleep on our little 12 year old nerd pillows um sorry i'm starting to call out specific people and it's not really what i not people but groups of people not really what i wanted to do with this and i think we were talking about the businesses anyway so i'm gonna let ryan rein this back in but <laughs> well eric uh let me let me try to get us back on subject with that with uh <laughs> here he, here's another thing so i i would argue that you know people realistically they're not really given one thing like scorsese's comments kind of imply like this is all that's being produced which it's not really the case yeah like we do have other options out there given like these comic book movies these marvel movies they're strong right now uh no doubt because they're fun to watch they're very entertaining they're a blockbuster for a reason but uh i i kind of get where some of these comments he makes in terms of like films like Endgame got a lot more like screen showings in theaters than like Jordan Peele's Us, which is a very popular movie. But, you know, so so it kind of shows like these larger cinemas, which continue to grow. And as, as smaller theaters get less attention, so these larger cinemas, they, they kind of control that screening power uh, in mm. themselves. So it kind of makes it seems like the whole industry is, is most likely catering to a majority interests uh, yeah, of an audience. My question to that question is that does Martin Scorsese think that anything has ever been different when it comes to control over who gets yeah. the most screens? I, I mean, I'm sure he battled with this exact same phenomenon uh, for years. I think it touches on some like personally I don't like I see changes but I don't know how much the differences are actually a difference in terms of of creative control and that's where I, I kind of want to get into one of our our next uh, topic with this the idea that you know creators aren't like aren't going to get the funding to create however there are very creative directors in these franchises that use the opportunity to convince studios with these rights to uh, let them take more creative liberties. And that so far has been proven successful with not the first R-rated comic book movie or even R-rated comedy or R-rated uh, anything, Deadpool, which uh, kind of, blew, I think, blew a lot of people out of the water mm-hmm. with like, like, wow, this movie has a lot of fan fueled demand <laughs> so we're going to get the money probably but you're going to get a low budget you go nuts you do what you want and it turned out to be a huge box office success which led to uh, a movie which i believe in the comic book universe is very cinematic logan mm-hmm. what do you what are your guys' thoughts i'll start uh with you joe because we oh i think there. You know, well with, with logan i will say that you know i as we've talked about on the show before, I was a fan of the X-Men as a kid, and I think, well, when it comes to the live-action X-Men movies, I really wanted to like them. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'll i be I just didn't. I don't think many of them are very good. Logan was excellent. And it's because it was a character story, but I don't... That doesn't feel to me the same kind of film as the MCU. 
um, and then no, that style. No. Nor Nor was Deadpool. Deadpool was was a raunchy comedy that had some heart to it. So okay, that that's fun for a certain audience, right? I don't think Deadpool is going to be taught in film classes as like you know required watching, but no. you know it, it. But it's a fun movie, and I I absolutely love it. I I own both the Deadpool movies, um, and it's okay if it's not considered high art, you know. Um, but with with Logan, it's we should that, be very familiar with that concept. <laughs> right, you know, but with Logan it's it's much closer because it's you could have not seen any of the other X-Men movies and Logan is a well well crafted enough film that it it actually you, you you're taken to this world and this is these are the people in it and it's messed up, but that's the way it is. Uh and I feel like I don't know. I mean, we we could get into Joker, the the recent Joker movie that came out, and I I enjoyed that one, but I have some issues with it too, and that's that it pretty much is a fucking Scorsese movie, you know. Well, it's uh, think about those gangster movies, mm-hmm. like very much like this idea of, um, I'd say they they were kind of coming into. I I could be very wrong about this. I'm young. I'm allowed to be wrong, and it's the internet, even more so. <laughs> um, but the, these gangster genre movies were kind of coming in more so, I would say, after cowboys and westerns. Like, these, there are genre films, so, to add to what you're saying, mm-hmm. Joe. And it kind of puts Scorsese back in this moment. It's like, dude, that's what you make. Like, you make this great stories. They are great stories. They're fun to watch. They're character-driven. But, you know, so are these comic book movies, this new genre i would say with logan logan like like you said joe you can get into this movie or uh you can get in this movie without watching the previous scenes or if you are a person who did watch these movies a franchise it's even more layered and rewarding because you are seeing these 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 um characters that you've known for like god almost a decade and then they're finally getting like you're seeing one major one get a proper emotional traumatic death mm-hmm. in the most mean in the way possible not just him but multiple characters spoilers by the way sorry <laughs> you should see it see the movie yeah already. it's been out long enough but yeah but um, i haven't but, but still, it's still it has a, been out a long time it it's still a comic book movie but it has heavily dramatic scenes that take from both cinema and the comics and creates this very character driven thing uh eric sorry eric i took that from what do you think about that add into to what i said um about the what do you think um just the 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 flavor of the genre or how it's different between marvel and other (laughs) add into the question of like these like you know you have these these movies that are more cinematic coming from the comic book world that that's pretty yeah. much what the comic okay the so we're talking like you know uh, logan joker which I, i'm not going to be able to really touch on i haven't seen either of the either of the films Here, how about this um, how about this how about Sp- spider-man into the spider-verse have you seen that one? Oh yes yes and i loved it I, in fact it's my favorite thing that's come out of the comic book craze for well ever i don't know maybe maybe in the last 10 years um it is easily, immediately my favorite Spider-Man film. And here, I I guess to touch on why is because it just felt so outside of the formula that they're using to do the rest of the Marvel Universe. And um, so much more like the experience that I had reading Spider-Man comics. I grew up reading Spider-Man. I, read, I was a Marvel reader, actually, most of the time I was reading comics as a kid, X-Men and Spider-Man, which both film series have had its ups and downs spider-man's probably always been a little bit better but um i really felt like they touched on something within the spider-verse that um nothing else has uh, gotten close to with spider-man and, and now um no that film was refreshing and it actually gave me some hope that there was still some surprises to be had and that that's my main gripe about the marvel movies and i think it's what spartan scorsese was trying to touch on is that people are like, buying a packaged product they know exactly what they're going in for they know exactly what they're going to get out of it and i admit be as a film viewer there's a certain amount of satisfaction that comes along with that but i think uh there there aren't any surprises left i think that's the thing 
that was bugging Martin Scorsese is the thing that's always bugged me about them. And, and I loved Iron Man when it came out. And I, 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 there are certain Marvel movies in that play into the universe, Guardians of the Galaxy being one of them as well, that I, I honestly really, really love. They're great films. And then there's others that I can't say I've seen one that I absolutely hated, to tell you the truth. They're all fun, and they're, they do their their thing but I, I do see that criticism that it's just this packaged product it's like a big mac you know wherever you go in the world a big mac tastes exactly the fucking same right um and that's what you're getting it's it's not that there's anything wrong with enjoying that from time to time but yet that's what you're getting you're getting the big mac processed um mcdonald's version of cinema <laughs> and i'll end it there well, i guess <laughs> i i, I want to add to that part real quick is this that um I think you're right. You know, there, there is that formula. But if you get a good writer, and in this case, because uh, we're on Ga Guardians, and Guardians is always my example for a lot of things, mm -hmm. is that you can have this formulaic, haha, they made these cultural references, like there's this formula, the Marvel thing. Whereas James Gunn show a character in their actions, in how they do something. James Gunn does a very good job uh, of writing this dialogue and story and shooting it in such a way that uh, if you have an open mind and eye, you can see the cinema in it. Uh, Joe, you were about to say something. Oh, right. you, oh I was uh, just going to say, gonna say? That, I'm going to say, you know, Marvel films, but really it's, it's or comic book films, but really it's pop cult pop nostalgia culture. Because that's what all of these are. Even the one of the biggest reasons Guardians was so successful, and I, I liked that one too, um, was it's a, it has a lot of throwback '80s references, even in its style, in its music, in yeah, I mean, music you know, especially. Yeah, it it has a, a a feel to it that's a bit of a throwback, and that was great. You know, that was a lot of fun, and I could say the same thing about Thor Ragnarok. Actually, it has kind of a more of a '90s kind of a weird psychedelic kind of thing to it um but it, they're really not as risky as i used to think they were i mean i i remember when guardians came out thinking wow they really took a risk because this is a, a a marvel team that isn't as well known as the avengers you know um i i would say like the biggest risky one they did was iron man because iron man was not like an a-list comic book character Iron Man wasn't a, a recognized logo around the world, like Spider-Man or Superman or Batman, right? But they they took a risk with that, and once they got that formula down, they already had a built-in audience. You've got you've got the people that did read the comics, and they have been wanting to see these characters brought to life on the screen for, for decades. They're going to show up, and they're going to bring their kids and the films are targeted at marketed, crafted just at that right age where the kids can enjoy them too. I'm not criticizing anything. I'm just kind of stating how it worked. Um, so mm -hmm. it's it's very different. It's a different uh, field to be playing when you're trying to make films nowadays. Because if, if you don't have it connected to something... I mean, that's one of the biggest criticisms that, that Todd Phillips' Joker movie has. Well, it doesn't tie into anything. What's the point of a standalone Joker movie? Most <laughs> movies are standalone. Jesus, not everything has to be part of a fucking franchise. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just because something has a connection with other properties doesn't mean you have to tie everything in. Um, I, you know? I agree completely with you. Yeah. So I so I, I just think that it's it's a bit silly that people are putting so much stock into something that uh, a, a film director who makes standalone movies is saying, like, yeah, you know, the the current trend in how films are made nowadays, it's not the same. It's not what it used to be. It's hard to make a non-genre franchise film now because that's what audiences want. That's what studios are going to give them. Everybody's going to cash in and make a lot. Cinemas, like actual theaters, are going to make a lot of money. I think when he says the word cinema... He's talking about something different. He's talking about a form of this art that isn't as common as it used to be. And I could see where he's he's nostalgic for that. So let's talk about these movies. Are they, can they be art? What do you guys think? Absolutely everything that involves creative people creating, you know, something obviously it's art i don't i don't understand how anybody can say it's not maybe it's not art the kind of art you enjoy sure 
art is totally open to interpretation, you know, uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, but saying, you know, getting on the soapbox and trying to say that something that you do is art and something that somebody else doesn't or does isn't, um, it's kind of the antithesis of, you know, art in general. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can make an argument that's going to convince me or should convince anybody that it's not art. It's just a different kind of art. It's not the art that we understand historically that we've associated historically with cinema. Um, it's something new. It's something that's been packaged. It's something that's been run through, you know, the giant corporations that are putting these built these movies together. But it certainly is art, and it's pop culture art. And it, um, you know, like Joe said, is this highly con- con- connected to its audience's nostalgia and its cross generational promotional pattern that Disney's, you know, kind of perfected in the past decade. Um, but certainly, it's art. <laughs> I don't know how anybody could make an, an argument that makes that has any weight to it that it's not um is it cinema i mean certainly it's cinema because it's being enjoyed it's honestly the most traditional art form one of the most traditional art forms we have left that people that that is popular in pop culture uh is still going into you know a movie theater the lights go down the sound comes up and you watch this you know you have this shared experience of watching this uh home projected on a big screen that that is the way we've been enjoying cinema since it's fucking invention um It's, it's, of course, it's cinema. Of course, it's art. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm soapboxing a bit, but I just don't understand how anybody can disqualify it just because they don't enjoy it. That's that's a totally different issue. Like, and just to kind of jump in on that, I mean, what the fuck was Andy Warhol's whole art movement about? Was about look, <laughs> we have the same image over and over and over again. It's been packaged to you over and over and over again with a slightly <laughs> different tone. I'm gonna paint the same goddamn soup can over and here's Marilyn Monroe fifty times. Yeah, and that's that was kind of the point that that can still be art, you know. So I changing the lens of which you view. Of course, I mean I think Andy Warhol had a very strongly critical was being very critical as well as being creative with the. Well, especially because he came out yeah, of yeah, out yeah, of the yeah. advertising industry, mm-hmm. and you know, and then went in, into this. But I mean, that's he was making art out of things that have that he was just repackaging. But that was kind of, you know, he was making a statement about it. But, yeah, I mean, so not every movie needs to make you cry or make you deep in thought and give you an existential, you know, revelation to be considered <laughs> art. You know, art, and I don't know, let's get into how we define art, but um, does it instill emotion? Well, emotion can be joy. It can be happiness. It can be excitement. One of my biggest criticisms of the Marvel films is that they're so formulaic, it's hard for me to get a lot of excitement. I, I enjoy them because they're fun, but I don't... At the end of Infinity War, I wasn't like, oh my god, what's going to happen? I'm like, dude, we already know yeah, they're coming exactly. out with like 20 more movies. <laughs> yeah. And well, I feel like, like the it... Disney machine is the most, for, according to filmmakers, the most invasive um, studio system when it comes to... In, in, uh, taking part in the creative process or changing things in the creative process that has ever existed like to be fair they've made plenty of mistakes oh sure think they yeah. would know sure. by trial like okay these guys know by trial and error because they've definitely made plenty of uh error yeah but when when they but... did finally let the reins up a little bit and let james gunn try something different and let uh you know let let tika make do something different with with ragnarok yeah, you know, yeah, okay, we got something a little different and that those are the ones that really stick out in in my head. Um Guardians, but, I haven't seen Ragnarok, but Guardians, Black Panther, um the first Black couple Panther. um the first Avengers film just cuz it was such a kind of epic moment. It's not a great film when you go back and watch it now, but like when when you first saw that it was like, wow, they really pulled this off. Like we've all kind of dreamed about something like this happening. Um, yeah, and they pulled it off, and it's not horrible. You know, it 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 works. It's good. It's <laughs> uh, right, right. And it was a cool pacing. I think with the DC universe, they they just tried to do is oh, Marvel's going realistic. Yeah, but they're doing realistic in a very kind of you know Skittles kind of way. It's very colorful yeah, and bright. It's, and, it's and realistic to and... the point where they changed the color of the tights and you know took the masks off of people. But it's not realistic in in the way that DC tried to be. And, um, yeah. Anyway. You know, but but look at but we're I think when they finally the said <laughs> when they finally said we're not gonna do 
just try to do the shared universe thing with DC. Let's just make good movies. It was kind of comical because like, oh yeah, glad you're now deciding to make good movies. Even those films are a form of art, even if they suck. I mean, hell, we have to say Suicide Squad is an Academy Award nominated film, Academy Award winning film. Yeah, sure is. You know what? Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is a form of fucking art, people. Come on. Art is art is in the eye of the beholder. I think we leave it at that. It is. It's, yeah, <laughs> it is. I, you don't get to decide what art is as long as somebody else thinks it is. I, I mean, I really think I really think that's the case of it. And people are going to discuss that till the end of time. But Yeah, I mean, if it gets an emotion out of somebody, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's... I feel like I, I should chime in for this one, given uh, art's my thing, right? Yeah. That's typically... Yeah. yeah <laughs> I went to school anybody. for it. Got my <laughs> diploma in it. For me, uh, there's a range of, of emotional values. Like, it's, it, I think it goes beyond, for, for me, uh, just joy of enjoying certain things. Now, given I'm not, I'm not going to be that critical, I can be. I'm, I was fucking programmed to be, definitely. Uh, in, in my philosophy of art classes and such, but uh, there is more of um, when it comes to like everybody, the actual viewer, the community in itself, uh, or or the individual, is that there are moments in these films. Depends on your background, but there are moments and scenes and stories that can really trigger uh, a deep emotional response uh in case in point i use with the guardians this this idea of creating a pseudo family and you see in these movies and actual family dynamics that one always spoke to me because that's that's kind of what i have it does borderline on tragic it doesn't mm -hmm. just borderline there's trauma there and those elements of trauma that you see with even a character as as sometimes stupid as peter quill uh, you do see certain growth in those movies that I, I couldn't help but also tie into, like back when I was a teenager dealing with my own things. Like it brought me back to those moments. And I've talked to other people that have, you know, issues with their parents. That's certain things that we've connected to. And that that's something I want to get into as well here is, is, is community. And that, sure, with, with these Marvel films, DC films, any any of these studios, the whole goal is money. And you have a formula that works, that's great. But if you have a director or a writer or even sometimes even a producer, but people who are like, hey, we got the funding to do this thing. They want to make their money. We can do that. And the best way to do that is to create this this deeper thing and when you can. Like and hope that the audience picks up on it, and I think the the success of these films does result in that there are these creators who are given not always, as we can see with previous Disney controversies, but sometimes they are allowed to give their creative freedoms, and and so you have a fan base who feels like a community because at, at and you guys brought this up at the end of a fucking movie. We look at things. We're obsessed about it. We we talk to other people. Uh, you nowadays, I talk to I've because of these films. I've talked to more people that I would have had no other fucking connection in, jocks or whatever that you may not have any connection with. But if you watch Marvel films, just depend on whatever interest you guys can join. It actually unifies uh, quite a bit of people, uh, and there's a lot of friendships. Start of like uh, I don't have any other interests. Uh, are the same but hey do you watch those Marvel films or any comic book films or Star Wars and that's triggered uh, w w very quickly what do you guys think about well, that? Well I, I think aspect? I think that yes it's it, this is a little bit of a Texas sharpshooter though where it's like we're, we're painting the target on after the hit yeah of course it's going to be bringing people together because it's popular and you know there, I, I had the same experience with like Walking Dead which yeah it was based on a comic book but it's a very different type of genre right um, you know, I think you have that experience. You can find that community anywhere. This one happens to be really, really big. And a lot of people are talking about it because they're successful. We all like that story. We all like an underdog story. We all like a, you know, a bunch of lost boys coming together as a family story. And this is doing it with really cool characters. So it's going to be successful. And, and, and yes, it's 
they're shared the movie going experience is a shared experience in and of itself but the stories you're seeing are common enough that we all can relate to those in some way or another i'll say that black panther was another one that took a bit of a risk but it, i don't know if i really call it a risk they changed their marketing a bit because what i got out of black panther is very different than what african-american is going to get out of black panther because the whole dynamic between the hero and the villain is not something that white America can relate to quite as well. Yeah. And that made it really powerful. Killmonger's dying words are probably one of the most like deep piercing things that uh, yeah. really, really so fleshed him out as an complicated, it, incredible it, character. And that, that I is feel one like, of their, yeah. their pinnacle accomplishments, I think, as the Marvel universe. Yes, yeah. it, really, it really is taking yet another... Here's a character that wasn't the most popular, but they made it a a phenomenon because it, and that was really because of the story um and because of the way the, the story they were telling with that character of something that is really quite a big issue um so yeah are, are these that's the formula that works is let's use these to tell a story that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to in one form or another some incredibly deep and some maybe more marginally but everybody can relate to this it's not overly complicated I would argue that uh, if anything, like I, it's difficult to compare Marvel movies to certain cinema. But I will say that when it comes to an American blockbuster, they have made, they have changed the American the, the American blockbuster into deeper emotional character driven journeys than anything else. Like compare it to like Die Hard. I, I think I have more emotional investment in any of these fucking characters in any of these films than I do in any fucking Die Hard movie. Like, would I you... mean, have you seen Die Hard? What the... Yes. No, yes, I have. <laughs> I'm, 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 I kind of get what you're I saying. have. <laughs> I don't know if I'd agree with that. I just I, think honestly, it's from a different... I don't know. It, I, not the, that this, this, I don't want to sound like the typical old man being like, well, it's a different time. But... um. They were made. It but was that's made a in a different. It, it was. It was literally made in a different time. It is time. A made in a different and was... time, and and that's something that's I think important because the Black Panther films, and dare I say, even Captain Marvel, which I didn't hate, um, but I will say you are getting these movies where they are like, hey, there is a bigger audience here that's not getting representation, and you're having these movies. Yeah, it only took three uh, phases. Having, like, a, you know. Well, I'm just like I know, but it, like, but I'm saying it is like they made their bank first. Black, the Black Panther movies did make a a massive amount of money, which does help, like, rep, bring forth more. Hopefully, bring forth more representation in the world of of the blockbuster film. And um, also I'm not nabbed saying them their first perfect. best picture it's, nomination. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. Well, it should have. This is stuff that should have been. But, you know, that's, this is just kind of how the nature of things work. But it does, at least the attempt. And, like, Jordan Peele is another person who I think is just doing a phenomenal job and yes. showing representation in the greatest way possible. He doesn't need a Marvel film to do that. Um, but, you know, anyways, that's I don't want to go on that point. Um, <laughs> that's a different discussion I, that we should do a show on. It here. is. Okay. It, it, it's, I'm kind of getting back on this track. Uh, this is the first time moderating. It, it's difficult. Um, but <laughs> let's let's touch back to Martin Scorsese. We've touched a lot on 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 whether or not these movies are art, and uh, I actually think there's quite a difference in opinion, similar but difference in, in, in the three of us. But I want to go back to this criticism. Um, now, this criticism has existed before. Like this criticism isn't fucking new, but it's such a fascinating phenomenon. On like, why is the Scorsese comments? Be getting kind of bigger now. I, 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 not that it's like fucking blown out of hand, but it's lasted a lot longer than it needs yeah. needed to. Um, so it's like it brings the question like, but why? Why is this thing happening? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, I'll start with you, Eric. It's because it's Martin Scorsese. I think that that's it's somebody that all all of the folks going to see marvel films i shouldn't say all the folks but the old the older people the people our age that grew up with the comic books and the 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 fox morning cartoons um going to see these marvel movies um also grew up or at least maybe not grew up because of the subject material of a lot of scorsese's movies but have 
respected him as a filmmaker as well. So this is he's like a patriarch. Yeah, exactly. These are words coming from somebody that is you know somebody I respect a lot who has made you know at least two or three of his movies are among like you know I don't know I'm gonna say top hundred because I love so many damn movies but they're they're top movies of mine of all time you know and I respect him as an artist as a writer as a director. So yeah, when he says something about something else I'm interested in. It piques my interest because he's somebody that I respect. So I, I think that's that's a big part of it. I think there's also this... <laughs> I don't want to say younger. There's there's a generational thing where like there's a lot of backlash where people now um, that don't have that shared experience with Scorsese that are into them, you know, younger people into the Marvel films that are like kind of lashing out at being like, well, who the fuck is this guy, right? What does he have? Well, it's like, you know... Honestly, he's he's contributed a lot to the world of cinema, whether he's being a jerk about this or not. Um, Back in his you, day, he you, was the trendsetter. Yeah, he was out of, you trying to yeah. say that he's a nobody and overrated, da-da-da-da-da, you know, that's not true either. Whether or not what he's saying about Marvel is true, you know, we're, we're hashing yeah. out, but because we, we are the authority on that now. Um, but yeah, no, he's somebody I respected, so that's why it's it, I, I respect, and it's that's why it was interesting, or why I, at least personally... While I'm up on my on my soapbox, real quickly about Martin Scorsese, as we keep referring him to the guy that makes gangster movies, um, he has made a, a, a lot of movies, and less than half of them are gangster pictures. He probably, sure. in somebody's filmography, has probably made more gangster movies than you know said other filmmaker with 20 movies, but he's also made a lot of really great period dramas. Uh, my One of my all-time favorite family films, Hugo, is a Martin Scorsese film. That's a really great film. So he's he's not just the gangster guy. Like he's he's got his fingers in a lot of other things. He's not Quentin Tarantino, is what I'm kind of trying to get at. So gonna touch on that, and then I'm gonna have you respond with this, Joe. Like he does seem kind of disconnected from modern audiences, I would say, to a certain degree when it comes to this phenomenon. But he also had an opportunity uh, with the Joker movie to be a part of this cinema culture. He could have added the cinematic value to these movies but uh but he ultimately kind of opted out but as joe kind of pointed out um it's not like he ever really left i i don't know joe what would touching on what what i just said or even what eric's what everything you just go nuts man um, I, I think that <laughs> the reason this is this blew up personally i think it's because we as a culture right now consuming popular culture we're popheads. Yeah, we uh, we really we like what we like, and as much as we love to say, and we all have said it, I don't really care what other people think. A lot of people do, and I don't know where that comes from. With this, why this is the the definition of like rabid fan base. When you get pissed off that somebody doesn't like what you do, I used to do this in my twenties. You know, like <laughs> I really like this band. You don't like them? Well, fuck you. You know, when you're a an overly enthusiastic know-it-all 20-something. You're like, no, that band sucks, and this is the greatest one. It's the same thing with this. This is just, you happen to like Marvel movies. That's kind of like really liking a band that puts out you know, billion-dollar albums. Um, I literally got in a fight with a guy at a college party because I said I didn't care for Pearl Jam, by the way, just so. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> by the way, I years later... I decided I did care for Pearl Jam. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, so it, I, but but I'm kind of surprised when I see people in their like 40s or beyond getting upset when a director says. I mean, the, I think everybody's missing the line that he said in his original thing, and he said in his editorial afterwards. Scorsese says, "I've tried. They're not. My, they're not for me. They're not my taste." Okay, that's fine. I think and it's he, the fact that he, he tried to qualify it by going on and saying it's not art, and that's where it crossed a line for me. Like, I'm totally cool with most of what he said, but... Well, it's, and again, I think it just comes down to an opinion, though, for him, because everybody has an opinion of what art is, and if art is something that is going to, like, you know, break an emotion out of you, and it didn't for him, then, okay, he... I mean, that's a blanket statement that he made, of course, but it's... if I guess here's the thing. If he would have came out ranting and raving about how great the Marvel films are. Would we be talking about it weeks later? Of course not. No. So somebody dared offend the fanboys by not sharing their love. <laughs> I am I, I'm not gonna disagree with that at all. Uh, I do think they're they're actually we've all three of us and have talked about this multiple times, there is it's a lot of unhealthy 
out there. And I'm not even going to say they're the majority, but they're the loudest. Yeah. That well, always yeah, seems to be the case. Toxic fandom's a major, major issue. In... And it's always been a thing. It's always, like, since, like, the first fucking Trek convention, these have always been a thing. Like, you can hear, like, in celebrities tones when it comes to conventions like yeah this is a thing because you know people invest a lot of of their emotional uh energy in, in into things so people can be very sensitive and some of those people they they can't have that empathy back it's it's kind of this sad trend but i wanted to say when it comes to scorsese with, with his arguments can't just hate on everybody you have to be empathetic. When you have an opinion, you have to be that person that shows that empathy because you're dealing with an emotion when it comes to talking about these things. And though I think his concerns of the health of indie films uh, in this growing blockbuster culture is something worth being conscious of, I yep. do, however, found, I didn't, however, find his, his delivery cold towards this massive audience uh, and ultimately, it did more harm than good for his message. And and by that, I mean, he, he's a, like you guys said, like he's a film icon whose opinions hold great weight. Whether it's intentional or not, the way he stated his comments have less of an impact on the industry and more so alienate the diehard fans of this comic book and movie genre alike, like uh, fans of all this. And because of this, I think he just kind of comes off as an uh, another old man telling you, what you like is more or less garbage, and he does less to help the growth of indie films and serves more as just another example of just growing generational alienation that adds to this okay boomer counterculture. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm just saying that's why I kind of feel like this backlash has snowballed as much as it has. People are just getting tired. Me personally and my generation are getting tired of older generations having this lack of empathy, choosing to continue this, like, hypocritical fucking devaluing of our younger generation's political and cultural interests despite the fact that their generation before them had the same bullshit it's just why is this continuing stop it like because <laughs> it's it's a cycle we're, we're we're slowly turning into the next you know old curmudgeons that are gonna tell the kids they don't know anything about anything <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't know i don't think he did think his opinions god i think he voiced his opinion no. and i think furthermore i if if he would have just said they're not my thing and left it at that people would still be pissed at him about it if yeah, he didn't right. if, if he didn't go off anymore if he just said what do you think of marvel films because you know what i've tried watching them they're just not my thing people would still have been like how dare he because the, well, it's not like any of the marvel fans that are this upset were lining up to go see martin scorsese films before anyway you know, it's a that's a generation. If we want to, and I'm not going to be like these younger kids. They clearly, I mean, for, it's great that they're saying, yeah, I know he's an influential director. But they, as you pointed out, there's a lot that have no idea who he is. And I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just saying that they're just as much not knowing kind of how the origins of film perhaps have progressed. They're happy with what they have now. I think you know. I mean, if somebody feels alienated, then they're going to feel alienated. There's yeah. you know not much you can do about that. But I don't think his comments really did damage, but I have to just wonder if anybody's considered. Nerd is cool. Geeky stuff is cool. It's a good time, right? You got new Star Wars stuff, and every week there's a new superhero thing coming out. It's a good time to be into geeking. And now here's somebody saying, I still disapprove, and how much of that is tense defenseness because it's like, yay, I can be a geek and I don't have to feel bad. Oh, but you're not you're not on board with it. Ah, that makes me uncomfortable. I wonder how much of that's maybe subconsciously playing into this. I, you know? There's a lot of it. And like Ryan was saying, it's generational too. And I feel like we've kind of like shifted towards, you know, kind of blaming the old, old grumpy guy. It, 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 to a certain extent, I think that's appropriate. But I do think there's some blame to go the other way, too, like Joe's pointing out. Um, because the backlash I've seen from younger people is all like, oh, Martin Scorsese, who the hell is this guy? He's, you know, da-da-da-da-da, washed up past his prime. Has anyone read any of the reviews of the early screenings of The Irishman? Supposedly he's made one of his best films of mm -hmm. his career that's coming out in a couple days via Netflix. This is not a guy that's, you know an ancient no you know nobody who made a few big good yeah. films back in the 70s this is a guy who is is currently making films that are um you know 
turning heads, getting great reviews. It sounds like we'll probably be in contention for Oscar. Impactful, and, and not only that, yeah. but he's using Netflix as a platform, so he's not like a technology shunner either. No. Like, he's not somebody who's not willing to embrace the current distribution trends. Or um, So I do think this grumpy old man thing is a little um, bit of a mischaracterization. I do still go back to that whole, he crossed a couple of lines and went a little too far. That's what old men do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I was just gonna say when I want to clarify when I was talking about my this generational alienation, is that I'm not saying that it's that that's the justification for some of these things. What what I'm trying to say is this is what's going on right now. It, you get tired of it. You get tired of it like Martin Scorsese gets tired of Marvel films. Like you get tired of this, and I think what it is is people get. It adds to the sensitivity. What I think is why this added to why is this topic as big as it has been for as long as it has been for the past like few weeks and stuff is because it's just it's another example of that. He doesn't just say like they're just not my cup of tea. He goes further and says they're more like theme parks, you know, for children. Like that's me paraphrased now, but but that's what that comparison is. It's like you guys like candy more than you like substance. And don't get me wrong, yeah. I see it. Yeah, I'm bothered right. by how much people love <laughs> fucking say, is candy. He, is he wrong? That's the problem. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like, that's where it was difficult is because I actually agree with Martin Scorsese in that point. It's like he's not wrong in that I agree that there's this growing interest in garbage. Like, you look at most of the, the, the cable networks, like VH1, for example, shit. Like, people just pander to whatever the fuck people think they want. But it's not substance, really. And yeah. I'm a guy who wants substance. But to deny that these films have any substance at all. So it's like, well, if you don't watch them, how can you always just compare them? Maybe you saw the ones that were just, wow, this is just a fun movie because those exist. But there's a few others where it's just like, well, this kind of did have what he does in his movies, a character-driven mm-hmm. plot um, with with more deeper connections. And that's simply where did, it's at. Did he, did he really like say, though, that they have absolutely no substance? No. I don't think he was necessarily saying that they're they're trash i think he was just saying they're not the kind of films that he likes to make or that he enjoys and he has reasons as a as a filmmaker and an artist to voice that now when he goes so far as to say i don't think they're art okay that's that's a little that is a bit pompous but i think his clarification the 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 longer editorial piece he put out I think he hit more more of the right notes than the wrong ones. I think he justified his his argument pretty well in and he did throw in that bone of yeah, those are you know the Hitchcock movies were my equivalent. You know? I just want to say uh Joe, I think you're uh you you make a good point. And I I Joe, I think I you're think, a grumpy old man. I probably I think am. you're a grumpy old man as well. <laughs> uh, you're probably one of the most opinion people, opinionated people I know. But that's okay. Oh, yeah. That's why we have you on here. Um, that's why we have Eric. He balances out. Oh, I thought uh, I was sounding like a grumpy old man too. I'm glad you thought. You're you got you got some heart. <laughs> no, uh, so I just want to say like that's that's what makes this issue complicated. And you guys touched on very good points. And it's it's difficult to say right or wrong because I think there are elements of like Scorsese has great points like focusing on the film industry like him kind of stating how he goes about it he is not the worst person like he does not have the worst criticisms about this situation but also that being said he does come from a different line and he doesn't have that same emotional connection so he doesn't have the best delivery about it and a lot of people are sensitive about it right or wrong it did have what it did and i think people just need to kind of let it go as well it's just like it is just another person's opinion everyone in this fan base should be used to somebody's uh opinion that doesn't match theirs but somehow they're not but that being said uh i was glad to have this discussion with you guys i think uh we touched on some very good points uh and i want to thank uh you eric you joe uh i hope we have more of these in the future and i hope you guys uh find this interesting uh if so, let us know. Uh, give us some pointers. This is new. This is young. Uh, we, we can grow it together as a team, like mm-hmm. like a family dynamic. We can follow all that, all that. Like, we've seen those movies. Like Guardians be, of the Galaxy. We could be a <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy with this podcast. But uh, that being said, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, one of you guys. Where, where, where should we contact? If they want to contact us. If you have feedback for us on the Trash Talk yeah. episode or anything that we do here on the Video Junkyard Podcast, uh, just feel free to shoot us a message on the Video Junkyard Podcast group on Facebook or just shoot us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com and we'd uh, be happy to hear any feedback or reviews or criticism or just tell us that uh, we're long-winded and this just didn't work at all whatever you want to say so <laughs> uh, and joe do you have anything to plug any kind of last minute negative comments like eric there <laughs> well i just want to you know once again thank everybody for listening to the podcast whether we're doing one of yeah. our regular review shows or one of these kind of new specials and we plan on doing more things like this in the future to kind of uh, mix it up a little bit, but don't worry, we're still going to be doing our, our regular review shows uh, every week. Or worry, we're going to be doing our regular review shows. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We'll go either way. You thought, either way, you thought we were, we're going to stuff up. Important. We're not. No. <laughs> we're going right back to it. Because so. if, if we learned anything important from this conversation, who the fuck cares about your opinion? You guys have a great night. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good evening. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs> <laughs>